0: AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, Brett Johnson with you here on a Tuesday afternoon as today we are joined by the editor-in-chief of the Minnesota Reformer, Patrick Kulikan, as we are going to be chatting about some of the stories that they have been working on over at the Reformer, including uh, more controversy with Mike Lindell, plus we will also be talking about how farm income could be affected over the past year and why that might have a big impact on the farm bill. And if we have some time, we might get into this case of this rural sheriff who apparently was helping his buddy try to get off of a drunk driving charge. So all of that and more today as we do welcome Patrick back to the show. Hey, thanks so much for coming back on today. Always a pleasure. Absolutely. So Mike Lindell has certainly seen things not really go well for him since the end of the 2020 election. That's after falsely claiming that that election was stolen from Donald Trump And since then, he says uh, he has been personally hit hard financially as well, of course, as his local business, MyPillow, has also taken a hit as well. And now he's uh, embroiled in another new controversy. That's because he is getting sued by this guy named Eric Coomer of Dominion Voting Systems. Now, what happened was that during a deposition as part of this lawsuit that Coomer filed against uh, Mike Lindell and MyPillow, is that they had a deposition this past spring. And apparently during this deposition, uh, Mike Lindell lost his cool uh, during the entire thing. And in fact, last week his lawyer actually filed a motion asking the judge to make Lindell appear in a Colorado at another deposition and pay for all costs of that, of the entire process, for being vulgar, threatening, loud, and disrespectful. So let's talk about what exactly are these accusations against Lindell that he was uh, doing during this deposition because it certainly sounds like he lost his cool, which is uh, kind of unusual for these things to sometimes happen.
1: Yeah, I think one of the telling details of this uh, incident, one incident in particular, was that the the court reporter who was hired uh, to uh, take notes on the deposition uh, said uh, they would not come back the following the next day for this for the second day in deposition, which I think tells you uh what it was like to be there in the room uh, Dean winter describes him yelling, swearing, he's calling everybody names, banging his fist on the table, he keeps slamming down a pile of legal documents um and um I mean you can imagine the kind of pressure he's under. He has been um, airing these um, baseless accusations of, um, of election fraud now for for years, and um, even when uh, many folks um, who were uh, along for the same ride have, have stopped doing so, uh, most famously uh, Fox News, uh, Lindell just uh, can't let it go and uh, keeps making these accusations, um, and um, and he's facing some really serious uh, potential damages in these defamation suits, uh, for both from Dominion, the voting systems company, but also this is an executive, um, a former executive, I think, there, who says he's been, uh, he's a former director of product strategy and security for Dominion. Um, he says that uh, he's been defamed by um, by Lindell. And, um, and Lindell is, uh, you know, we don't really know his financial position because it's a private company. Um, we know there there has been uh, auctions. Um, uh, he, he has said he lost $100 million when a bunch of big box stores and the shopping networks dropped him. Um, and he has said that he's had to borrow money uh, to stay afloat. Um, of course, other times he says other things, so it's it's always hard to know you know what he's saying uh, at any given ma- moment, which which is uh, what, what's true. Uh, but he's under some pressure, and so it's not that surprising that um, these attorneys, um, who are uh, very experienced uh, in this kind of litigation, uh, could get under his skin.
0: Well, I'm curious as well, because it sounds like Dina Winter, of course a reporter over at the Minnesota Reformer, had a chance to actually speak with Mike Lindell about uh, some of these accusations he's been facing, saying that he was, well, basically misbehaving and berating people at the deposition. I'm curious what he said to these accusations and basically uh, how that conversation went with Dina Winter, because as I understand, he sounded kind of upset during that conversation as well.
1: (laughs) Well... He's uh we, we have a long time uh love hate relationship with um Mr. Lindell and Dina in particular, um, going going back several quite quite a number of years now. Uh he did respond to her um and you know, he thinks that uh the suit is baseless, uh that the the judge should have thrown it out. The attorneys are ambulance chasers, um and he's he was especially angry um in the uh in the deposition when they questioned the the quality of his pillows. <laughs> Which I, I think was one of the fun uh details of the story. Do not say uh to Mike Lindell that his pillows um are in any way lumpy. Um because uh you will get a uh a, a pretty vociferous response.
0: I mean I guess give Mike Lindell a little credit still for for taking the call from Dina because it would be very easy just to ignore that and say well I don't want to talk to these guys because well so and so reasons yeah he 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 always does seem to talk to you guys whenever whenever you reach out for questions not saying that the interviews necessarily or conversations necessarily go in the right direction so i guess give him a a little credit there but uh i also am fascinated by the point you're talking about how the lawyers seem to get him a little fired up over the quality of the pillows because clearly uh that kind of seems like the lawyer's just trying to kind of get under his skin which does happen during these depositions so you wonder if i don't know if lindell has any lawyers trying to walk him through the entire process or maybe he's so broke for cash he can't even afford to have a good lawyer to kind of walk him through this entire process, because this sounds like a mess and he very easily could end up having to pay for these costs of the deposition simply because he's been, well, misbehaving so badly during these things.
1: Right. There are penalties at stake. Um he he's also, um, he is, uh, he has perceived in, in his perception, there, there's enemies all around him. Um, and, uh, for, for instance, and, and you don't really know, uh, again, it's hard to, to judge the veracity of what he's saying, but he told Dina that, um, that Chris Coomer, the, the, the man who was suing him, made some kind of a deal with Newsmax, the, the news channel that banned Lindell, uh, from going on the, on the channel to promote his products, um, even though he'd been doing so for uh, a decade. Um, and that really hurt his sales uh so he's really getting it from all directions i mean obviously newsmax newsmax is a is a right wing outlet and and generally would be favorable to to uh to lindell but um so he he sees uh enemies uh, around every corner and um And he may very well be right that uh, he's uh, in a lot of trouble here, and and you can understand uh, the pressure he feels and how that could be affecting his behavior in these depositions.
0: You can read more about Dina's article on Mike Lindell and uh, some of these accusations he's been facing uh, from these depositions gone wrong, for lack of a better way of putting it, over at minnesotareformer.com, minnesotareformer.com. Uh, one other article I saw that you guys were working on has to do uh, with uh, farm income and how that's been impacted by the pandemic and inflation for the past few years, because we've, of course, seen inflation since about 2020 and 2021 really increase food prices. And, of course, as while that has happened, net farm profits also rose by 30% between 2021 and 2022. But the caveat with that is that the USDA is predicting that farm income, after having that 30 percent increase between 21 and 22, is going to drop by about 20 percent coming up this year, to level, which, by the way, would still be levels that were above the pre-pandemic averages, but still certainly a bit of a hit for them. So I'm curious, why exactly did uh, farmers and uh, big farm corporations see this big farm increase between 21 and 22? And then uh, why exactly are they expecting a decrease coming up here in 2023? Does this have to do with inflation or what sort of factors are kind of in play right now?
1: Yeah, well, the the, infl- the uh, pandemic uh, created those uh, supply chain issues and a rise in commodity prices. Um, and and so farmers did well, and we also I think we all saw that at the grocery store as well. The end product prices were were much higher, and in some cases significantly higher. Um, they they remain elevated, and farm income remains elevated. Although they are, the USDA is predicting a, a drop, um, which for consumers ought to give a, uh, some relief. the The farm lobby is already taking that expected drop and using it to argue uh, for increased farm supports as the Congress debates and crafts the every-five-year farm bill, which uh, is, um, I believe expires at the end of the month um, and is a kind of a, a huge uh, um, bonanza for uh, the commodity lobbies um, and, and a bipartisan bill every five years um they they loaded up with uh, both nutrition assistance on the one hand but then also support for farmers and so um they their the farm lobby's message here is uh uh sure we've done well in recent years but we're expecting income to go down so uh we need we need help
0: what i'm curious about as well when we look at this take home pay for farmers is this necessarily going to your mom and pop farmers or are these largely going to big ag companies, because I think that's an important distinction to make in terms of, well, who is making that money between 2021 and 2022?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. As, as Madison McVan, our reporter on the story, as she points out, uh, less than 8% of the nation's farms brought in more than a half a million dollars last year. And those farms made up uh, almost 90% of those uh, farm profits. So um, that's uh, a very small portion of the country's farmers are are making most of the money, I, I think, which is a, a reflection of uh, the, the the trends in the overall economy. Uh, we've certainly seen that uh, for decades, um, but it seems particularly acute in agriculture. Uh, and then the other thing I would say is that we you we know, have a tremendous amount of government support for agriculture, and uh, but even in that realm. Um, it's the biggest farms uh that are are taking home um, most of that support so um, uh, um what's what's uh, striking is that uh the secretary of agriculture tom Vilsack, um, he uh has no interest in any kind of uh, class war politics when it comes to those uh wealthy farmers he does talk about helping the smaller farmers, um, and um, certainly I think that's welcome. But it, it, it's interesting that the Biden administration doesn't usually shy away from uh, class politics. Uh, certainly Democrats here in Minnesota don't. But when it comes to agriculture, it's a little different.
0: Yeah, I was picking up on that, too, as I was reading through the article where Vilsack was saying – we don't want to do class. I'm, I'm very much paraphrasing right now. But he said, yeah, we certainly want to help out those small farmers, but the big guys need to make sure they're, they're still getting help as well during these situations. So that, that is interesting to bring up that it's kind of different from what we've often seen from the Biden administration when it comes to uh, talking about some of these issues we've had with income and class. Uh, one final question with this, and uh, you were kind of alluding to this before. The Farm Bill is set to expire very soon, I believe, as he said, the end of the month. So Congress will be working on a new bill. So... I imagine uh, there's going to be uh, lots of lobbying going on, especially from some of these big ag industries trying to get some relief in that bill. Uh, Any idea what we could possibly expect, or is this uh, largely going to be kind of the same as the past, where largely the farm bill will end up uh, benefiting big ag and not really doing a whole lot for the small family farmers?
1: Yeah, um, five years ago, Republicans controlled uh, both chambers of the Congress. Uh, Democrats do control the Senate now. So I think you know you're going to see a bit more on climate issues. You're going to see uh, nutrition support will certainly have its defenders among Senate Democrats. Um, but the, the shrewdness of the farm lobby is um, is that they are very good about protecting what they have, and um, and and really working both parties. Um, they, they are, um, there's ag in all fifty states. Um, there's there's agriculture champions in both parties, so I kind of expect um, some some more climate, uh, but voluntary kind of um, incentive based climate uh, programs. Um, but generally, I would expect it's not like we're going to see uh, a restructuring of the farm economy um, via the United States government. No way.
0: You can read more about that over at minnesotareformer.com, minnesotareformer.com. We won't quite have time to get into our last news story, but do encourage you to check this out. It's a pretty wild story about how there is this rural sheriff in Slayton, Minnesota, former sheriff, I should say, who has basically uh, been accused of trying to help a friend of his avoid a drunk driving charge. It's a real doozy and kind of a wild story worth checking out over at minnesotareformer.com. Uh, One more thing for you, Patrick, anything else you'd like to highlight before we go or stories you might be working on for later in the week that folks can uh, take a look at and keep an eye out for?
1: Uh, Sure. We uh, have new uh, child poverty rates out of the uh, uh, U.S. Census, and uh, we'll have a a good story on that um, with some uh, helpful graphics. The the upshot is uh, when we ended anti-poverty programs, uh, poverty went up.
0: Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I, I had a chance to look at that as well. And, uh, yeah, not surprisingly, it unfortunately did go up. So, again, check that out over at the Reformers' website. Now, we have been speaking with Patrick Hulican. He is the editor-in-chief of the Minnesota Reformer. Again, the website, com. as we always enjoy visiting with him every Tuesday. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. All right, let's take a break and send things back over to Matt McNeil on AM 950.